This is Unconventional Knowledge, the podcast that takes a look at the information hidden below the surface. Each episode, we ask an expert to give us an insider's perspective on a current event. The U.S.-China rivalry is spitting Southeast Asian countries into two camps. Today, Professor Titinam Pongsudirak of the Chulalongkorn University in Bangkok explains the challenges the region is facing. The rules-based liberal international order has had a good run for the past seven decades, but now it has run its course. No region exhibits the recurrence of tension, conflict, confrontation more visibly and conspicuously than Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia is a region of 680 million people and countries, um, diverse regime types, uh, wide-ranging ethnicities, languages, but it has managed over the last 55 years to come together as an organization known as the Association of Southeast Asian Nations, formed in 1967, and in the 1990s, they expanded uh, from six countries to 10 countries, all 10 Southeast Asian countries. And uh, over the past two decades, uh, ASEAN, as the Association of Southeast Asian Nations is known, has been successful in organizing peace and security cooperation in the region in East Asia and Asia more broadly, including the East Asia Summit, APEC, Asia-Pacific Economic Cooperation, um, the ASEAN Plus Three, the ASEAN Defense Ministers Meetings Plus, the ASEAN Free Trade Area, the ASEAN Regional Forums, all these acronyms and the alphabet soups. It, it's really what ASEAN is good for, uh, maintaining, maintaining the ASEAN centrality in order to promote peace and security in East Asia. Now, this has become problematic. Problematic because uh, the global order is breaking down, is unraveling, driven by the U.S.-China competition, geostrategic rivalry, and that geostrategic rivalry between the U.S. and China is dividing ASEAN is being picked apart. So what ASEAN looks like now is is um, is past. Is when it was formed uh, in the nineteen sixties, seventies, eighties, which meant a divided region. It used to be the division in the Cold War between Indochina and the rest of Southeast Asia. But that division from the Cold War uh, was um, resolved and and uh, became cohesive and and unified uh, in the 1990s, 2000s, 2010s. But now, divisiveness is back. And we can see tension and uh, confrontation between U.S. and China driving, uh, pushing, underpinning ASEAN divisiveness. For example, you can see that... Uh, on the South China Sea, where China has been belligerent in making rocks and reefs into artificial islands and weaponizing them, uh, this Chinese uh, aggressiveness has divided ASEAN because Cambodia and Laos have been more 
favorable towards China, whereas Philippines and Vietnam have been more oppositional, uh, more confrontational, but they're smaller states, so that they have to rely on the U.S. to counterbalance China. So South China Sea is uh, dividing ASEAN between the, the member states. And then uh, you can look at uh, the, the Myanmar uh, crisis. Uh, there was a coup, military coup in Myanmar in uh, February 2021. That coup has resulted in an ongoing bloody violent civil war. And ASEAN, you know, with Myanmar as a, as a member state, has been unable to provide uh, a way forward, uh, f uh, provide reconciliation and dialogue, despite having an ASEAN five-point consensus back in April 2021, ASEAN special envoy, uh, but there's been no difference in what's going on in Myanmar. ASEAN has been ineffectual, unable to move um, forward in any meaningful way. So Myanmar is left to its own divisive devices. It now has a uh, you know a uh, uprising nationwide against the military regime, and uh, you know hundreds of people being have been uh, killed in the process, have died, and then there have been uh, uh, systematic abuse of uh, power, physical abuses. Um, the military regime is an outcast, a pariah in the international community, but also in ASEAN. But yet, ASEAN has been unable to do anything more than this. Um, and ASEAN has uh, been at odds. So some countries, I think, are more supportive of the military regime than others. Uh, this would be the more autocratic regimes in Vietnam, Laos, Cambodia, uh, somewhat Thailand, Brunei, uh, that have turned a blind eye to the human rights abuses and violations of civil liberties in Myanmar. And then uh, you have the other countries, more democratic, uh, like the Philippines, uh, Indonesia, Malaysia, Singapore. They've been at the forefront calling for the return to democratic process and the release of political prisoners, including Aung San Suu Kyi. So Myanmar has been deeply divisive for ASEAN, and it's really uh, sucking out all the oxygen from the ASEAN engagements with the international community. Uh, most recently, we've seen the Russian aggression in Ukraine also dividing ASEAN. Uh, Laos and Vietnam have abstained from condemning uh, Russia in the UN uh, General Assembly resolution, whereas the other eight countries, um, except Myanmar, Myanmar has different representations. The military regime is more supportive of Russia, but the Myanmar's UN ambassador from the last government under Aung San Suu Kyi, uh, John Motunt, uh, has voted to condemn Russia. So Myanmar itself has two different representations. And then ASEAN itself is divided about how to react to the Russian aggression in Ukraine. So where you look uh, now, you can see that ASEAN used to be an up-and-coming region. It was going places. It was the fastest region, fastest growing region in the world uh, in the 2000s. 2010s. But now, the, the idea, the, the ideal of the ASEAN economic community, ASEAN political security community, ASEAN socio-cultural community, based on the ASEAN charter, uh, based on connectivity and matchment, this whole uh, ASEAN dream uh, has been now undermined uh, irrevocably. Uh, I don't think that we're going to going to go back to the um, 2010s again with the, uh, the ASEAN promise and potential of a, a more integrated region. So what we're seeing now is uh, 
ASEAN not not as a cohesive whole. Uh, it's more a divided region like it used to be uh, during the Cold War uh, on different issues, basically. And then you know you have the um, Uh, the different issues, not just the uh, South China Sea, Myanmar, Russian aggression, but also ASEAN itself. Uh, uh, you know, you look at the the connectivity has been halted by COVID nineteen. The coronavirus pandemic has further undermined ASEAN unity and uh, centrality. So, moving forward, dealing with ASEAN uh, should prompt us. You know, it behooves. Uh, Governments, uh, companies, uh, you know, to look at ASEAN no longer as a set menu, as an ASEAN ten uh, community, but more as an ASEAN a la carte, uh, meaning that ASEAN should really be reformed and modified uh, to go back to its core membership, which were the five founding members: uh, Singapore, Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, and the Philippines. If these five original founding members can form the core. Uh, into a kind of a formula of ASEAN five plus X. Sometimes an X could be Vietnam. Sometimes it could be other countries. Uh, but this a la carte menu would allow ASEAN to be more uh, effective and useful in promoting peace and security in the region. Uh, and this means that the um, Cambodia and Laos, for example, should not be allowed to uh, hold ASEAN um, back, and Myanmar military regime must not be allowed to hold ASEAN hostage. So ASEAN a la carte is the way forward for the international community and for all stakeholders involved. Thank you. I hope this interview with Titinam Pongsudirak helped you to understand the new regional dynamics in the Southeast Asia. For more on this topic, please check out our website at gisreportsonline.com or follow us on social media.